Hello, and welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the new WoW expansion. Before we do that, Buddy, why do the folks at home know what it is we do on this podcast? Well, on this podcast, we like to talk about games. And there has been one game that we've been talking about for the longest fucking time. It's World of Warcraft. It is the... The classic, you know, game game addiction, right? World of Warcraft, um, but not WoW Classic. Wow, but not WoW yeah. Classic. True. The the you know the new expansion is out. It is called Dragonflight. It is, you know, people are saying it is the the beginning of a third era in you know in Warcraft. That's what that's what Ian Hazakosa said in his interview with. Uh, Preach. I like to think that it's the beginning of the fourth era of Warcraft. Um, and I guess maybe we can talk about some of that stuff a little bit later on, you know, kind of down the line. Um, and uh, and we're already seeing degenerates being being degenerate and crashing whole zones for people. But for you know for the week, um, for for the last week we've been playing. I actually haven't been playing all that much because I had a trip planned, so I didn't get to play all weekend basically. So I only played for essentially three days. Um, uh, but, uh, but, you know, here we are, we're going to give our, we're going to give our thoughts. Let's give our, let's give our impressions. Dragons are fun. That's my like top line impression. It's <laughs> like, I love flying the fucking dragon. Like that is, that is by far the most, my favorite part of the expansion. I would say probably the best part of the expansion is it feels good to fly the dragon. Um, especially once you unlock all the. Yeah, stuff. and this is just a kinesthetic thing, right? Like, yeah. just, you know, swooping and climbing and all of that. Yeah. Um, it gets much better once you unlock all of the things. I thought, like, gating them behind, like, these little flying challenges was neat. Um, not so sure how I feel about it from, like, an exploration. So, day one, someone just dropped a map with where all they are, all of them are, right? Oh, and, did, you, you know, did you use the map? Yeah. I want to fly good. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mango. What? I knew that was a trap. I knew I was like, I was like, I'm not looking at that fucking map. The map is going to ruin it. It's going to be so much more fun if I actually have to figure this out myself. So, I would agree with you if flying wasn't so much more fun with everything unlocked. And like, and so I did like, I did not go ahead, right? I waited till I finished out the story to go collect all the tokens, which to me was like, and I did it, you know semi-organically like as i progressed through the areas i like found the ones i found right but like i also just kind of wanted to fly better right like the big okay. so the big thing is that you're super gated by the amount of charges you have and i think the one you really need is the recharge recharge in the air faster and the bottom tier yeah but you know the the highest tier one gives you once every five seconds and like so many of them are in that last zone that like wow that's really incredible you so you complete you got to level 70 you completed the full story before before picking up the dragon runes well no no no. so i've picked up ones that were around like that i saw right okay. like because it gives you a notification you know there's a dragon rune mm. nearby and i think towards the end of the azure span i did some cleanup with the map um but i did like um i just didn't care enough to like you know it's like yeah, it'd be fun to explore and do them, but like also that tree's right there, right? Like, and those bottom that bottom tier benefits are like super good, right? And it's not like because I know that they're static, it doesn't feel like an interesting, an interesting discovery thing for me. Um, but that's just a, a personal thing. Um, 
But yeah, as soon as yeah, the way that I went about it was uh, in the first zone. I got my dragon, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna get everything in the in the zone, right?" And I put up, and I started tracking the achievement, and the achievement lists these locations. And so I was just flying around. But a lot of it, to be honest, was just like, "I bet there's a dragon room up there. Here's a big ass mountain. I bet they put a dragon rune in there, or like a huge tower." In the middle of something. Like, I bet they put a dragon root in there. Um, and generally what I found is that, like, maybe there's, like, ten a zone or something like that. And, like, eight of them are pretty straightforward and easy to find. But then there are two that are kind of a little bit tricky. Um, and uh, and I did that and I was like, okay, that was fun. Do I want to do more? And I decided the answer was no. I was going to do them as I completed the zone. So I was like, I'm gonna go through the I'm gonna go through the story of the next zone and I'm gonna get all the dragon runes. But unfortunately, what ended up happening was I got really addicted to professions. I got really into mining. I was like, oh, mining is interesting. This is fun, actually. Um, and I just want to progress my professions a whole bunch right now. Um, and at that point it was really painful to have, to have shitty writing. And I was in Onar and Plains at that point and I was like, okay, well, I'll just get all of the ones in Onar and Plains and that'll make it better. And I got all the ones in Onar and Plains and that didn't really make a difference at all. Um, once you kind of are in the, you, you get past like this first like hump in the tree. Once you're past that first hump, which is in the first zone, there's really kind of nothing to do for the next, like, 20 points or whatever. Um, and so, at that point, I was like, okay, I'm just going to kind of live with it. And I was doing all this mining with sort of a half-filled-out tree. And then I was in a meeting. I was in a huge meeting at work that I didn't need to pay a lot of attention to. So and you, I you was want to admit this on air? I do. I will admit to this on air. And I was like, I was like, uh, I was like, you know what? I just, I'm in here to listen. I, I, it was, it was a meeting about something that was very tangentially involving of me. Uh, but I needed, but I just wanted to be aware of the conversation that was happening. Basically, I was just listening in. I wasn't really talking or anything like that. And during that meeting, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna go complete this. And I went to Azure Span and uh, whatever the last one was called, like Thaldress, Thaldress, or something like that. Yeah, Thaldrusan. Yeah. Um, and just ended up completing completing the tree off that. But I did it without that stupid map. I did it without the weak auras or whatever. I I refused the pull. Essentially, to um, to engage in uh, in any in any weak auras or or map following uh, to to kind of give in to my baser instincts and let my exploratory nature sort of fill it. And I would recommend everybody do it that way. It was so much more fun, or not more fun. It was so much fun. It was I had a great time, right? Um, and I'm honestly a little sad I can't repeat the process uh, because it is. A, it is a kind of thing that WoW doesn't offer a lot of, I guess is, is how I would put that. Um, and I don't know. There's I, there's like really complex stuff going on in in sort of that corner of the internet. So I don't know how much we want to mine in, into into that piece of things. So what do you mean by that? Like complex things. Did, have you have you heard of uh, why it's rude to suck at Warcraft? Uh, I have heard of it, but I didn't. Go and watch. That's like a video, right? By somebody. Yeah. Okay. So Dan Olson, who's folding ideas, his biggest video was like a big takedown of NFTs, where he basically were like, NFTs suck. Here's a myriad reasons why they suck. I'm not giving you know shitty surface level takes. I'm giving 
like deep analysis that has a lot of research and quotes and all this other sort of stuff. Um, yeah, it has like 10 million views, right? That's, that's his biggest video. But he's mostly like a movie and games guy. And one of the things that he did a couple of years ago was a, was a big video on Warcraft Classic. Right, World of Warcraft Classic, where um, where he kind of talked about just the you know the idea of going back to the classic experience and what that kind of like meant. And he made a video together with another guy named Choice, who is an analyst for one of the big guilds, uh, uh, BDGG, who's like a, a a race to world first guild, um, just sort of talking about the way optimization has crept into Warcraft, right? And um, and this is something we've talked a lot about, right? Like, for instance, something that I've I've quoted before is the WoW game designer who said that Mythic Raiding is basically a social engine enforcing certain builds on people, right? And basically what Dan and Choice did was they went to academic game theory literature, like games as media studies game theory, not games the mathematical, or game theory the mathematical uh, sort of field of study, where they basically talked about this thing called uh, a difference between free play and interpretive play. Uh, free play being a version of play where players are engaging in kind of like fun via self-expression and just kind of... Um, you know, like exploration and and kind of immersion and story and play as an interpretive play being play as like goal-driven play, right? You are given a set of circumstances and it is your job to interpret those circumstances as efficiently as possible in order to reach the goal, right? Um, and basically they kind of prove the point that it doesn't the, the common topic point that people would say is Blizzard is forcing me to do these things. I have argued against this pretty vehemently in the past. I don't think Blizzard is forcing anybody to do anything. It is the social engine around Warcraft. And basically, these guys backed up that point with the research that I did not do or had. Uh, right? Like, just kind of the, the you know, the deeper understanding from game – this is stuff that predates Warcraft. This is from the 90s, right? Um where the interpretive play and free play and all of this kind of stuff goes on. But basically, if you put a gigantic puzzle in front of millions of people, they are going to form kind of sociologically a culture of solving the puzzle. And even if the puzzle isn't meant to be strictly solved, they will force it to be in order to, you know, in order to uh, kind of... Uh, uh, fulfill their, you know, their social sort of goals, right? And so the video is called Why It's Rude to Suck at Warcraft because it talks about how the, you know, like b being rude is a social thing, right? right. It is, you are, you are doing something that is against the social norm. And in World of Warcraft, the game is so heavily optimized and so built around, you know, incredible heavy optimization, right? Um, that it's, it is, it is in fact rude to be bad at the game. Um, and anyway, so there's a lot of stuff that I, I would make the case. They, they did not go this far. They talk a little bit about like Shadowlands, but they're, they're mostly talking about just kind of the raw theory. I would make the case that Shadowlands is a sort of a tipping point, right? In this, in this sort of situation where, you know, um, 
Battle for Azeroth is kind of the most optimized version of the game possible because the game was or the 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 highest state of optimization was required for Battle of Azeroth is what I would say because the game was full of so many power altering systems that it was actually kind of easy if you weren't thinking about it or following builds and guides it was kind of easy to fall into sort of a noob trap build that wasn't really getting the job done in a way right um Shadowlands pulled back from that, right? And it was a much more balanced experience, but Battle for Azeroth had kind of pushed players into a into this op, in, on, on optimization frenzy such that Shadowlands acted as a optimization tipping point, right? Where players were optimizing, you know, where they were optimizing the fun out of the game at every opportunity, right? Um and um and even in phantom scenarios where it made no sense and anyone who thought about it with a degree of logic, you know, for five minutes would have come to similar sorts of conclusions. The social pressure and social power of the game in Shadowlands was so strong that you just like couldn't, you, you, you couldn't fight against the current, basically, right? Um, and I think Dragonflight is even more of that. Dragonflight is trying so hard but is is a situation where Blizzard is trying so hard to pull the brake on optimization and the way that interpretive play is completely overrunning free play, right? In 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 terms of how people are playing the game, and so they're just doing everything that they can to sort of remove this stuff. Um, but even in situations where there is no power associated with with it, right? I was still getting pings from people. In, I was getting DMs from people who were like, oh my god, dragon riding is so fun. Have you collected all the gifts, the glyphs yet? Here's a map if you has, haven't, right? That's, that's optimization. That's interpretive play, right? And it's the social engine of t interpretive play firing, right? And I, and I knew, I, I, I realized what was happening and I knew to say sort of no to this sort of thing. But it's just like, it's incredible to me that we are at a point where, you know, uh, even, even dragon riding, there is, it spreads like wildfire, right? You know, someone, weak auras is, are, are so powerful that you can just share, share a weak aura and it'll put arrows on someone's map and they can just bing, 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 get, get all of them effectively instantaneously anyway i don't know I, that was a lot yeah so i, I yeah <laughs> I, I think you're i like i get what you're saying uh, on the one hand i think like this is there's also the counterpoint of um i've heard this more about final fantasy 14 but i think it equally applies to wow which is you don't pay my sub right like i will play the way i want to play um, no, no no okay yeah so to be clear by the way i do want to say interpretive play is not bad and free play is not good, right. right? These are two things that are in tension with one another, right? And I would and I would just say that there are aspects of the game that are sort of built for free play, right? Uh, you know, role playing things, things like your you know, the expression of your character, um, all that kind of stuff. Like these are things that are built for free play, right? But right now, or, or what, what I what, I guess what I should have said is that Shadowlands was a moment where interpretive play was completely dominating free play, right? It was absolutely devastating play these these players who wanted a free play experience but were kind of felt this huge social pressure to engage in interpretive play even when they ought not to right you have our peers who are never going to step into a mythic plus dungeon and doing normal dungeons or, or, or doing normal raids or even just like lfr only who are going to wowhead and choosing a covenant because it gives them 
mildly, you know, a couple of percentage of percentage point, like a couple of percentage of damage more than other, you know, than other things, right? Um, and it's just like all of that stuff. Do, do we have a sense like, of how prevalent that actually is, though? Right? Like, there's a oh, part yeah. of me that wants to say that, like, you know, yes, the people who are on Reddit and are playing a bunch are subject to these forces. But if you pick, like, a random per like, you know, you walk up to a random elf and be like, how many times have you visited Wowhead today? I don't know that they're going to tell me, like, you know, anything other than what's Wowhead, right? Like, So, yeah, I, I, I guess I will eat a little crow on this. Uh, I said that. I said that two years ago when we were talking about Shadowlands. Um, but I think I was ultimately proven wrong just by the numbers, right? Just by um, sort of the way in which... Cause I, and I would see it on, on, like, Twitter, right? You know, you have... Like I follow a bunch of RPers on Twitter, and they're and they're engaging in different parts of the game. But the problem is, is that like WoW was so many games at the same time, and there is that fear of kind of like, uh, you know, rejection. I guess that goes into sure, it. Sure, sure. But so, so my ultimate question is like, where are you getting numbers from, right? Like, like you say you. Um, there's, I need to silence that. You see, there are like people talking on Twitter, but I think that's a perfect example. People think, care way too much about Twitter, right? Like Twitter is like at best 10% of the United States population and yet c controls so much of the conversation. I feel like those numbers, like, you know, all sequel, I'm sure the wow numbers on that are, are similar too. Do we actually know that there are like these vast swaths okay. of people? That are that, like so it is true. Okay, so the point that you're making is, is to a certain extent true. It is just less true than I expected it to be. Okay. Which is to say that, like, for instance, on Warcraft logs, you can see, and like Warcraft logs also has a sample bias, right? You can imagine there are casual guilds that don't that don't use Warcraft logs. But I will remind you that you and I raid in a guild that I would say is very casual, right? Probably more, you know, more casual than than a lot of a lot of other sort like sort of raids and we use warcraft logs our characters are coming up in parses right and the the numbers on warcraft logs are heavily skewed towards optimization right which is to say that people this is why i was the number one ne necrolord arms warrior in the world is because there were no other necrolord arms warriors sure like i was one yeah. of like four guys competing for this top spot and it was relatively easy for me to get it by just pushing a little bit extra more than them, right? Because the, the the vast, vast majority of these characters are playing more optimized builds, more optimized kinds of covenants, right? Um, I definitely do think that there are there are casual players, and there are players like me who kind of like willfully resisted this, right? But I also think that, the, and this is sort of the mistake I was sort of making at the time, and I didn't quite realize. I didn't sort of see the tension between being multiple versions of the same uh, player at once. This is something Ian said in a, in a recent interview. He said, you know, people think that there are players like, oh, these are raiders. These are PvPers. These are Mythic Plus players. But the reality is, is that most players actually overlap a variety of different identities sure. to a certain extent, right? Like, yeah, I'm a Mythic Plus player, but I'm also an RPer, and I'm also a raider, right? And I'm less of an uh, I'm less of a raider than I am a Mythic Plus player, for instance, and I'm probably more of an RPer than I am a raider, right? But, like, I touch all of these different things. And there are a lot of people, and these are kind of the people on Twitter, the people who might say, well, I am at first an, a, a role player, but I do a raid as well, right? And I don't want to be excluded from my raid based on my covenant choice. So I'm going to kind of take the RP hint 
it here, right? And choose a covenant that I wouldn't like. I wouldn't normally choose just in order to do to do that, right? And most players have these kinds of various overlaps, right? Where they enjoy world content, where they enjoy PvP, where they enjoy sure. um, you know raiding or whatever else, you know, in in kind of small doses. Yep. So, I, I think I think that's all fair. The only other thing I'm going to push back on here is that I don't think that following a map to get the dragon runes is like a a like I, I don't think that's purely driven by optimization concerns, right? Like I think there's like a very like you know I think there's like a very kind of valid case. It's like it's more fun to like be able to fly freer and the the kind of exploration aspect. Like, this is how I personally feel, right? Like, the exploration aspect of finding the dragon runes naturally is not more fun than being able to fly more freely, right? Like, and I think that's, like, just, like, a, a reasonable countervailing force, right? Like, that. Yeah, like a, like a difference of opinion. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's totally fine, right? Yeah. But so, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Even when I'm doing it, I'm also doing the same sort of, uh, I'm doing the same sort of social engine. It's just that mine is working backwards, right? Yeah. Because I'm telling I'm telling people you shouldn't use the yeah, map. Yeah, you're, you're being right? a contrarian essentially, which is fine. Right. And, and yeah, and so and to a certain extent, um, and anyway, anyway, my thing is that I think a lot of people have been kind of complaining about you know shoving a stick into the spokes of their own bike wheel when it comes to when it comes to wow um you know for instance i, I don't know one of the things that's been bothering me how do you, do you feel do you feel about this at all do you do you sense this at all i feel like in a lot of uh, in a lot of the chats i see people are talking about oh my god dragonflight is so much better because it's so much better than shadowlands fuck shadowlands and as a person who really enjoyed shadowlands i kind of am like I don't know, like that. That kind of like bothers me on a on a certain level. Do you do you get that? I don't read those chats. Like so, so I I think this is this is this is part of it, right? It's like for all the while that I play, like Mm -hmm. I don't read the Reddit. I don't like sure. You know, like I occasionally see red shirt guy tweet something, um, but that's like the extent of it, right? Like I don't, I barely even read our own guilds chat. (laughs) <laughs> Mostly because, like, I read it for, like, raid times and, like, other relevant stuff. But, like, you know, I don't read it for, like, a commentary on the state of WoW. Sure. Um, and, you know, that's, like, and and so I just kind of don't interface with it that way. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I get why why that aggravates you. And I guess if I was, like, pushing Mythic, right? Like, I, I last, last year, actually, during our 10-year reunion, which you did not attend, um, I met a friend of a friend who was, like, used to be a really hardcore Mythic Raider who had to quit because it was, like, driving him too crazy, right? Yep. Um, he actually he actually watched us. Like, after that, I sent him the link to our, uh, the link to our raid and be like, if you want to have a laugh, come watch us. And, you know, and he, he watched. He's like, you know what? Not, you know, not too bad, but, like, you're doing everything wrong, right? Like, like that, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing, right? Like, and, yeah, sure. And, you know, I you know if I was maybe if I was that person I would I would care more, um, but I just I don't know maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm projecting too hard but I have to imagine that there are like a lot of people who just don't care enough to kind of get into this hole. Yeah, I think really really what I'm getting at is I think there are a lot of people who are complaining about sort of things about the game that they made awful for themselves oh, yeah. and then sort of blaming the game for those things, right? Um and uh, and one of them is sort of this lack this like this feeling of exploration and kind of this lack of things to 
do and all of a sudden they have it's like oh dragon riding and dragon riding races and I don't this is sort of one of my core things about dragon riding I don't know how I'm going to feel about dragon riding in three months right um you know it feels like a feature that is exhausted in a certain sense already um and I kind of sort of wonder what the state of the game is going to look like a couple months down the line when, okay, the expansion isn't shiny and new anymore. Now you kind of have to sort of buy me with replayability, right? Like, where's the replayability sort of in, in all of this stuff, right? And the answer might just kind of be that... Um, some of the, the game's other systems are good enough to kind of compensate for this, right? Like re reputation as renowned with these with these core reputations um, and, the, and the kind of collecting that can go on with that. The world, you know, the, the, the world stuff that's going on when it comes to that stuff. But I feel like a lot of people have been complaining about that stuff, but these are also the people that ignored the Ember Court, right? Or any of the other sorts of these like open world features that came with aspects of Shadowlands. Um and uh, and that that's sort of my thing that I'm interested in, right? Is d by ungating everything by making it account wide, you know, by saying here you can get dra all of your dragon riding stuff done on one day in one day right up front for all of your characters, and here are these races that are just unlocked. You don't have to do anything. There's no there's no time gating, right? There's no there's no any of this stuff that people have been complaining about for the last two years. Go nuts, right? Are those people going to be satisfied or are they going to be frustrated when the game doesn't have new stuff for them to be doing uh, kind of on a more regular basis? Yeah, no, I think I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I, I could see. I, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if I'm going to burn out on this expansion just because there's so much to do right now. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and Shadowlands pretty, pretty, you know, as we've talked about over the past year or so, kept me kept my head in the game because it was paced enough that I didn't I never ended up burning myself out on it um, to a point where I didn't even like finish all the stuff I wanted to in Shadowlands because I didn't care enough to do it, which I guess is good for Blizzard to like get my get my dollars. Um, but um, I also I like with dragon riding in particular, I can see ways to like extend that system, right? Like you know the races are kind of rings in the air; you can make more of them if you want. I actually am super surprised there isn't, like, a weekly leaderboard on, like, top times for, like, races or something like that, right? Yeah, like, best in the guild, best on your server kind of thing. Yeah. Um, or, you know, even just, like, a global leaderboard on who did it the fastest. Like, like speedrunning is a thing, right? It's a yeah. thing. Like, I can see people speedrunning these races, right? Like, they do it with freaking Mario Kart, right? Like, um uh, I'm like I would I would be very surprised if there was an unofficial version of it within you know, you know a week or so. But like an official version of it, I think is like a no brainer feature that doesn't appear to be in the game. Uh, I I I kind of don't get it. Maybe that's a thing coming down the pike. But um, honestly, I think you could even make it. This is this is dangerous. I think you could make it instance content. I think you could say you can queue into a dragon race with four other people, right? Or whatever, eight other people. You, I mean, for, there's no collision. There's kind of, yeah. you got to do an infinite number of people um, and just see see what it's like to, to, you know, can you be the fastest out of eight, 
right, when it comes to, and maybe it, it, it puts you in front of three races. You do race A, race B, race C, and it's kind of like lap one, two, and three. Um, and, and, yeah, and you kind of yeah. make that its own kind of mini game mode. So there, there is a, I think it's a daily rotating multiplayer race. Um, part of me suspects. Oh, really? Yeah. Part of me suspects that there's okay. like a, there's like a technical reason behind some of some of the lack of the stuff because like the multiplayer race you sign up for, there's and it's like puts you in a queue, but it's not like a normal queue. It just kind of like yanks you from wherever you are to the race start when the race starts, and there's no way to exit the queue. You just like get like pulled out of the ether to the start of the uh, of the race when when enough people have signed up. Um, I assume in PVE that's maybe less of a problem, but in like I I play with more war mode on. And, like, the first time I tried it, right, I was like, well, I guess this race isn't happening. I went and started doing a quest, and, like, five minutes later, I just got, like, warped to the start line. It's like, go. I won that race, but, like, I, you know, I have to imagine that not everybody was was ready for that, right? So I assume that maybe some of this stuff is, is coming, you know, in the future with, like, technical solutions to it. But, you know, um, like I said, it seems, it seems like these are no-brainer features that could extend the extend the life of dragon riding by, by quite a bit. Like... I don't think this is going to happen, but you could even imagine, like, you know, a blizzard that had more time, more shit together, more people, you know, increase your factor by whatever, that, like, gives players, like, the ability to, like, build their own courses with it, since it's just, like, rings in air, right? Like, yep. um, but, you know, like, there's definitely potential there. I just don't know if it's going to happen, to your point. Um, hell, yeah, who, I also... races in Azeroth, right? Like, you know, in, in like, you know, oh, non-Dragon wow, yeah. Isles, right? Like, yeah. Anyway, sorry. People, people have talked a lot about dragon riding in Azeroth, uh, which I think is interesting. Because one of the things I feel about dragon riding is how fast you go. It's so much faster than regular flying. Um, and I feel like that's why they want it located only in the Dragon Isles. And it's going to be an expansion feature. Because, like, when you can basically just sort of, like, triple your speed by, like, managing your stuff really well. And at this point, like... Dragon riding is functionally full flight. It's just not, you know, it's just like less maneuverable, right? You don't have full 360 control. You don't have hovering, right? You don't. You can't just point your nose and go a certain direction. Yeah. You have to maintain altitude and all this other sort of stuff. But now that I'm completely maxed out on it, there's never been a time where I start with six vigor and I fall out of the air, right? It's like... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there, I can just infinitely fly if I want to. There, there are occasions where, like, I feel like I'm not going fast enough or, like, if I have to, like, do a big vertical change and I spent too many on surge forward as opposed to, like, the, the rising one. Um, sure. But I think you're mostly I, – I, I think you're mostly right. Um, I, I Like, there's also, like, to your point about, like, the, the lack of, like, precision, right? This is like a plane versus a helicopter, basically. Um, yeah. There are moments where I'll, like, go for, like – a mining deposit, and I'll get cut, caught on some like edge of like the bottom of a piece of geometry, and be pissed because then I have to land and wait forty five seconds to get enough um, pips to like make it there, which actually mm -hmm. feels really bad. But I don't know if there's a good way to solve that without like completely breaking the system. Yeah, um, something else I've seen is that you can you can kill your momentum in dumb ways. Um, hit like, a tree. Yeah, there are lots of trees that are no collision. And there are some trees that have collision where I will think I can fly through them and the leaves don't have collision, but the, the branches that you can't see do. It's just like, man, that, that stuff always feels like it sucks. But my, my, my general feeling is that that is a, uh, 
you know, like these these are outlier situations. Yeah, no, I I think I agree. Like I will say that more often than I'd like to than I'd like it to be, there are like things that are a little bit high up that like you can usually crash into something on the way there, and then like the situation of like I you just kind of like barely screw it up, and then you like end up like in a wall. Um, and that like means you have to wait. Part of this too is like it's kind of easy to like just jam the you know the the fly up key again, and then you kind of it's not like it bounces you off the wall, right? Like you like jam into a corner, and you're like you know I won't realize it. And I'll hit. I'll be like just oh I just lost momentum. I'll hit it. I'll lose a pip doing nothing, and it's like yep. And it's like okay, I gotta land and wait for this. I literally just did that like t- ten minutes before we started this podcast, where I just like got caught in this corner, and I thought I could get out by just using the pip, but basically the momentum hit me into this rock on top of me, and I guess I like bounced off it back onto the ground every time. I was like, where did all of my my things go? And I kind of realized what was happening, and I had to actually dismount and heroic leap my way out of this, which I'm pretty sure I could have done it a different way if I had wanted to, but. Uh, I was just like, that was a weird interaction, right? Like, this is yeah. the kind of bad interaction. Right. Um, and I think it's slightly more common than it wants to be, but I also don't think it's a huge deal. I think it's kind of like a, yeah. that's the price you pay for, like, trying to rush you, you stupid idiot. Okay, so we talked about mining deposits. I want to talk about professions. Professions is probably the thing that this, to me, is the biggest win of Dragonflight so far, which is the depth and scale of professions as a sort of radically redesigned sort of system with crafting orders, with specializations and sub-specializations. Um, at this point, I have, uh, you know, like I have mining and then I sub-specialized into primal mining and then a little bit into metallurgy and then a little bit into like regular old, you know, good old-fashioned straightforward sort of mining, learning these these skill points and stuff like that. Like what what has your experience with professions been like so far? Uh, so I maxed out fishing first, as as is to be expected, and uh, fishing, <laughs> fishing just has a little bit less to do with it because like it doesn't have specializations, right? The secondary professions don't. Um, but um, something that I that I like that that clicked in my head is like it's funny how they like layered this kind of like second tier progression on top of um, professions in the same way they like they just like repurposed the renown system to basically be like a more advanced version of reputation. Um, yeah. they've, they've expanded both those systems, which I, I, I think professions and renown are going to be the two big drivers. Cause like, you're not building through renown as fast as you are. We're in uh, shadowlands cause you know, it's, it's a more, how, how much, how much have you done renown stuff? Renown is interesting. Renown, by the way, might be better than professions. Uh, the reason I say professions is because I engaged a lot with them. I just hit 70 before the podcast. So I haven't really done anything with Renown. I Like I said, I haven't f- even finished the campaign yeah. yet. I haven't unlocked World Quest or anything like that. Um, so, um, so I, you I, know, I would, yeah. I would say I don't think it's going to be better than professions okay. just because, like, you kind of hit a ceiling on, like, how much you can do with them. Um, pretty, like, maybe it's, like, you can, you can, Go do like more like side quests, I guess, but like it feels like it's not an easy thing to just kind of keep doing stuff for. Um, there's like a lot of little like mini systems to engage with, like digging up tre- treasure piles or finding explorer satchels or like doing like the little interactables in each zone. Um, but it's and the other part of it too is that like the it's a little bit of time to get to each level, and there's not every level is a banger essentially right like yeah um but um 
So I think that professions are probably a little bit better situated than than that. Um, I I haven't in, in, interacted a ton with uh, the actual like part of it. Like it feels like there's no crafting orders, right? Like whenever I go to look at crafting orders, I just can't find any. The only I have fulfilled one crafting order, and it was from me on one of my characters to another one of my characters. Yeah, no, that, that is also <laughs> what I have heard. Um, from other people, this might be because we're on Twisted Nether Ravenholt, um, more than anything else. I am curious what that experience is like on a different, more popular server. Um, yeah. Uh, but like, I have seen, I have seen literally zero. Um, like occasionally, like I'll just go to my workbench and like click through them just to see and I, I don't see any. So that feels yep. like it could be a problem. Um, I don't know how you solve that, but, um, and I, like I said, um, I also like I have I'm also seeing like the like some of these items go on the auction house rather than through the crafting orders system. Maybe this is just like it's a week one problem. Um, but uh, I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll see. I can also see it being like useful in the guild, right? Like if someone in the guild wants like, you know, a specific item from somebody else being able to like send it to a, a per apparently also like I learned I just learned this because of the tutorialization with the like one of the quests in Veldraken is um, Miguel, who is one of the two. It's Miguel and Thomas, who are a uh, 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 a couple, I guess, and uh, they like tutorialize the the crafting stuff for you. And the one I just did is like go convince one of Miguel's customers to um, give him another order instead of just like putting it up into the public. Uh, order and it's like well if you do it to a person you can request a minimum level of uh minimum quality whereas the public orders don't work that way it's like ah that's that's an interesting thing so i i think that could have some legs to it but mm -hmm. um i i also just don't i don't know honestly the the worst part about this is that i see the optimization problem and i want to optimize for it so I think that the answer is to just fight fire with characters. Um, basically, what ha what ended up happening for me is I on Baron I spent my my points pretty pretty rapidly, and I'm not mad about how I spent my points. I like I was like okay, I'm gonna work towards armor smithing. I wanna I wanna start making big pieces of armor like helms, pauldrons, this kind of stuff. I'm just gonna go right for it, sort of thing. Um, but then I was like okay, well now I want an upgraded pickaxe, and I was like. My the rate at which I'm acquiring blacksmith knowledge is so low now that I don't I don't feel like I really can go and I was like okay how do I get the the, the blue pickaxe and the answer is you specialize in weapon smithing and then you go down into like hafted things and then you go down into like pickaxe basically um and I was like that's like an insane amount of points I can't get that but you know who can? And I logged on to Tonric, right? My other human warrior with mining and blacksmithing. And I went and I I just basically brute forced my way through all of these first crafts. You know, I did a bunch of mining on him. I got his mining up a whole bunch. I brute forced my way through a bunch of crafts in order to get all of those first knowledge points you get because you get a first knowledge point every time you craft something for the first time. And then I just dr drilled him right into pickaxes. And I was like, oh my God, I got here pretty quickly and pretty efficiently. And I was like, this is the way to do it. This is what you're, uh, you are, this is how you tackle the problem. You get a character, you give it blacksmithing, and you just say, 
instead of instead of having one character who specializes in everything, which I think is kind of the intention of the system. It feels as though the intention of the system is that over you know a certain amount of time you can do absolutely everything. The real way to do this is to just make a million different alts that each do the first craft and use that big boost of like 50 knowledge points to just pinpoint the thing that you're going for. And that's basically it. That's basically fine. And that's how you want to deal with these crafting professions. I don't know how much I'm going to be able to resist the charm of doing that because I do have a gazillion characters and I really like crafting, but it does bother the fuck out of me. My thing with crafting, I want to vertically integrate. And I did this in Shadowlands. I, cr I could craft all of the legendaries for all of my characters. I could craft all of the gear for all of my characters that I could ever want, right? And I did that by by setting up a bunch of characters that just had absolutely everything and pumping gold into those characters, right? I now I have a, a zillion gold to spend. I have 18 million gold to spend if I wanted to throw gold at this problem, basically. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to deal with it because I the the real thing I want to do is to say. I'm, I'm going to be the person who sticks it out and does the dailies, right? Because that's, I think, how you're supposed to... Can you confirm or deny this? You do the dailies, and that's how you're getting your knowledge points. Once you do your kind of initial burst, the the, the way you get knowledge points after that is to do these dailies, basically, right? I am I am not sure. That sounds about right. You can also... You also there's okay. also a vendor that sells, um, like, certificates for the artistic metal or whatever it's called. Um, that like, You can spend, like, 100 artistic metal to, like, get, like, a thing that'll give you, like, three points... Um, but that's the most, I like that, that. Those are the only two things that I've seen. Um, I have not seen, uh, I think there's also like, you know, you get like slow drips of it through like, um, like there's, um, primal, maybe it's primal knowledge. There's like a, uh, there's a knowledge thing in the plains area in the second area that it's like a purple crystal that you turn in that, uh, like you choose knowledge um to gain um and then there's also like like sometimes you'll like pick up stuff that like gives you like a you know a, a one-up of some sort yeah see even that feels like i'm picking things up incredibly slow now yeah yeah right? yeah. yeah yeah um yeah so uh i don't know i wanna i wanna i i I don't know. There's also the social piece of it that I dislike in a way. I th I get what they're going for in this like, oh, you you are going to get known as the guy who can do this thing on the server. But I think that requires a level of like advertising that I don't want to do. Like, what the fuck? Am I, am I, I going to join trade and start spamming an emote that says they're spamming a, an ad that says, hey, do you want your primal plate helm thing? Get it from get it from Baron. Send it to Baron Ravenholt. Do you know what I mean? It's like, ugh, yeah, ugh, about that. Yeah, and, and not only that, but like, it's not like it's not like real life where like you can like put like a flare on it or like you know, think like things in in WoW are like very discreet, right? There's like what like four qualities of item or whatever, um, maybe five if I'm counting right. Um, and they're all very distinct, right? Like, this, this is not like, you know, I go to Baron because I know Baron makes a good sword. Baron makes a sword with five quality, and that is functional, that, that is like literally identical to like Steve who makes a sword with five quality. So, they don't actually have a reason to uh, 
engage you directly. I think the only reason you do is because they intentionally made the system such that crafting orders need to be personal in order to like demand a certain level of quality. Right, that's them, yeah, like, and them trying to force it, right? Like, and one of the other things is that I think this is going to be a pain point. I, here's here's my bet. A month from now, professions and crafting is going to be the things that WoW players are complaining about. And here's here's my kind of justification for why. I think what happened with here's th this is legend. I mean, this is basically legendary. So in Shadowlands, right? Um, uh, we had this system for for legendaries which was a, a, a sort of slow build, right? The idea was you would get your 190 legendary, your 190 legendary had the power, right? It had the right stats, um, and then you could slowly upgrade it for less and less eye level over time, right? You could get... Um, you know, you could get a 235 legendary if you wanted, but you would have to grind out a bunch of Torghast in order to get the Soul Ash in order to get it, and that's that's fine. That's how the game works, and um, and that's kind of a capstone item. But socially, I don't think that people were would look at a level 190 like if you look at the if you look at the stats, right? It, it, this is sort of the thing I was talking about before. If you look at the stats that you got out of a 190 legendary. You basically got the line, you got 80% of the way there. You got 80% of the power, right, on a eye level 190 legendary. Because most of the power in the legendary comes from the effect, and you just get the unadulterated effect at the first rank, right? And so the idea is that here, here is a way that you can kind of slowly kind of cap your build over time. You can you can build up to this extra point in the future, but like for now, you just kind of start at a more basic sort of level, right? The problem is um I think the core issue is um players don't view these intermediate stages as good enough. They view them as bad. And so nobody wants to buy, you know, nobody wants to spend all of these these, you know, uh, all these uh, mats that they have on a, a rank two helm. They want to spend it on a rank five helm. But the thing is, you can't get to a rank five helm unless you get to a rank two helm. So it's like, who? How? How is this going to work? What crafter? You like people are going to get to this really frustrating impasse where they realize that the only way they can get the rank five helm is to be satisfied with the rank two helm for right now and the crafters are going to be frustrated because they can't they have to rely on these other people in order to get skill ups right and the people are going to be sat, uh, unsatisfied because they're not getting the best thing possible they're getting this you know sort of stopgap version of it in order to help some crafter gain you know like gain whatever and the difference between rank two and rank five is like six eye levels it's really not that much but it's just like i think that's going to be a huge pain point i think it's going to be incredibly frustrating um and it's going to be absolutely the thing that everybody is complaining about i think i agree um i think the other natural kind of output of this is that because you can like you know you you can just post things on the auction house that's actually like i think crafting orders are going to die real soon like they're just not going to be used because there's like there's like you could either well, so you could either like set a crafting order like outside of like interpersonal stuff right but like you know I think what they want is you to like put a crafting crafting order publicly have it answered be like you did good work go do another one for me and I'm going to make it personal that way you can like set the quality level but instead what's going to happen is uh, people are just going to post their stuff on the auction house people are going to buy it off the auction house. Um, 
Cause like this. So the thing is, is that there's a lot of soulbound items, right? That you can't post on the auction house, right? But you can get crafted for you. Okay. Um, like, I can ask you to make me a, I don't know, what's a good example of this? I don't know, like a soulbound goggles. Know, it, it sucks for, for engineer. Yeah, engineer sucks so bad. So you can you can make me like I guess goggles is fine. You can make me a set of goggles, and I can provide the mess for them and everything else. But like I'm using sort of you to to, to kind of craft this for me, right? Um, that I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. This this is all pretty fraught, but this is it's kind of where we are. <laughs> yeah, it's also kind of like what what are you gonna like? You know, is any of it even like worth it? Right? Like, like is the best the best gear in the game isn't gonna be crafted gear, right? It's gonna be raid gear or you know like high level no. M plus gear. Raid raid gear raid gear is or crafted gear is going all the way up to. Mythic, uh, mythic item level. Oh, really? I did not realize that. Yeah, so, so okay, so to, to explain a little bit better, here's what happens. In a, myth, in a, in a raid, you dra crafting mats drop that are soul-bound, right? And they drop for everyone, right? So, for instance, we are going to be in raid, and we're going to get crafting mats, and then you can take these soul-bound crafting mats and essentially... Put a, put them in a work order for a crafter ah, to see. make an, a piece of a piece of gear for you, and because you can use stuff like missives to guarantee sort of like perfect secondaries and stuff like that, people are going to be optimizing these pretty hard in order to get um in order to like get this very like favorable result out of their crafted gear. So, all right, yeah, well, it's. I hope the system works. I don't know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't know. I I I I feel complicated about this because I really loved legendaries, but I do agree with the criticism of legendaries, which was basically in terms of professions, it was a gold sink, right? It was just this insane gold sink, and and if you were willing to sort of become a goblin and play the play the auction house for it, you had a good time. But otherwise, it was just kind of like a, a system that you didn't you know have any fun with or engage with at all. Um, so. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I think you're. I think you're about right. I'm interested to see if like fishing can like maintain itself all the way up through the game because like mm -hmm. I'm I'm enjoying this like tusk like uh, the tuskar systems. Um, you know, there's a big. It's been in the same place the whole time. I assume it changes with the week. Um, there's like a big fishing hole that like ebbs and flows as like the day goes on. In terms of like how much enemy fish are there, and you can like set nets, and at some point you'll be I'll be able. So I actually I think cheated around a system. Um, they don't really explain this anywhere, but like at the big fishing hole, there is a totem that you can like you fish up these items that are um they're like they're like uh, ominous conches I think is the name of them, and when you use five of them, you summon a a big fish, and you're supposed to throw a spear at it. Um, and then you, you reel it in. The spear doesn't unlock until we're now in level seven. Um, <coughs> so you can't do it immediately, but I didn't realize that. But as a monk, and, and like, if you try and like just wait out to the, the fish and kill it physically, it'll try and run away effectively. As a monk, I could touch of death it. So I managed to kill the one lunker <laughs> I, 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 I summoned before it, before it got away, but I don't think that's how it's supposed to work. Um. But that's actually really funny. But yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, but I assume that that I'm I'm hoping that I'll keep there. Right. Also, like you know, it feeds into food. I don't know if the fish feed into anything else, but 
Maybe they do. The, the hard part with fishing, too, is that it's like a secondary profession, right? Like anybody can do it. Um, yeah, I, I always have liked fishing as a, as a profession, and I sort of um, – uh, it's just, I, I would have expected there to be subspecializations. I'm a little bummed that there aren't. Um, Not for that but, or for uh, cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm, fair enough, I guess. I don't know. I definitely think that deep professions are very good for the game. Yeah. And I, I agree. like them a lot. Um, I remember, you know, the um, Mr. Pandaria had very deep cooking systems. Uh, and it was some of the most. That was when I was most interested in cooking and when I went hardest for cooking. Because uh, you had to get these iron paw tokens in order to like afford recipes, and you had to like learn different ways to make different. Uh, you had like way of the it was like way of the steam, way of the boil, way of the whatever, right? And it's like um, you know, like way of the fry or something like that, way of the grill, I think maybe. Um, and like I went a certain order of those because like way of the grill got you access to these tiger steaks, which were the best strength food, for instance. Um, and I feel like you could do a lot with that with that kind of thing, but it's it's always a real tough thing to get them to sort of all all sort of hang together. The one thing in professions I do want to call out as being really sweet, and I'm glad are back, are elements. Uh, so the rousing fires and you know rousing whatever order, rousing decay, right? Like all of that stuff, I think is great, um, and I love having them back as sort of these uh, these kind of like reagents and the ability to target them with crafting like profession stats and stuff like that is really awesome. Um, like, do you, I, do you care about that stuff at all? Have you been doing like, uh, I need to figure out how to form farm rousing order is, is basically the answer there because like everything in engineering is rousing order. And uh, really, Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. I think, I think it's in, I think you get rousing order in like the, in the final zone in like the, um, and like the the you know, the bronze drake area or the, you know the bronze dragon area, um, but otherwise well, I, I I find I'm woefully like I just don't have nearly enough. Um, yeah, because you you can find them on the certain elemental nodes on the titan right. touched nodes, the, yeah. right? Um, but those are obviously you know pretty rare. What when when what was your mining like? What are, what are you doing with mining? Um, I'm hitting things as I run past them, right? Like that that is the other thing that like kills my momentum is like. I see a node and I'm flying too fast to see what node it is, and so I have to turn around and look at it. And then if I land, obviously it uh, it, it totally kills my momentum. But uh, and then it, and then it's Saravite, and you're just like, I have 500 of this sitting in my yeah, bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um. Uh. But uh, you know, I am I am keeping my eyes. The, the thing is, is like what I really need right now is rousing order, and it's not like so. Um. I googled this as 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 we as you were talking just to see where 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 it is because it's like rousing like water and rousing fire makes sense. You kill fire elementals and you get rousing fire, mm -hmm. right? Like rousing water. I don't know. I don't think there are order elementals anywhere. I assume it's like you know, like I said, it, it looks like it's in the last area only. But I need so much of it, right? Like half of like some of my ingredients need it. Like um. The specialization I took is the wormhole generator, and I haven't been able to make it because I haven't been able to find enough rousing order, and they're still expensive on the AH, right? Like, um, it's yeah, like I think that's really what it comes down to is that they are built to be – like, for instance, for blacksmiths, I am overflowing with rousing earth and rousing fire because of mining, right? Mining specializes in those two. And then I think everything gets rousing order from because you can have titan-touched herbs or titan-touched ore. But I get the sense, like I see it as I'm as I'm leveling. I'm like, oh, this is a special alloy that blacksmiths can make. That's called like frost fire alloy or whatever, and it requires rousing fire, which I have a million of, and rousing 
water, which I have zero of, basically. I have some, actually, that's not true. Because um, some of the mining nodes will give it on, like, in rare ways kind of thing. And it's like, oh, I see. I'm supposed to go to the auction house for this. Like, the point of this is that I sell my excess rousing fire and earth on the auction house, and I bet that there's some, you know, like, inscription that needs rousing earth, but they can't get it because it doesn't show up on water, uh, on herbs or something like that. And I bet herbs have water and wind which are the two i'm not seeing all that much and they're selling their excess water to me for these for these alloys right like i, I feel like that's the interplay but yeah. the, the interesting thing about order is that i think everybody gets order because it seems like everything has the chance to drop order but it's that kind of like low rate but that but the, the thing that's tricky about that is that it makes me want to hoard it because i don't have anything that requires order now but i could in the future and i feel pretty good about selling off 20 rousing fire when i have 50 of them and i feel like i just have a million of these right like i can i can refarm them without too much trouble but I don't feel like I can reform those rousing orders very well because I only have kind of a, a precious few, if that makes sense. So I think all of that is actually pretty, uh, pretty interesting, pretty interesting stuff. I agree. I agree. It's a super. It's like a. It, it feels like there are so many different crafting materials, like so many, yeah. right? Like, like I had to clean up my. Like I was like, oh, it'll be like a normal expansion, and I can just keep all of like the Genesis Forge mats that I collected over the course of Shadowlands in my bank in case you ever want to go back and, like, make a mount or something. No. I had to, like, clean out some of my, like, old X-Pack materials. I'm like, let's face it, I'm never going back to this stuff. Just to, like, be able to fit, like, a portion of my reagents into my reagent bank, right? Like, um, there yeah. is so much. What, so how have you spent your mining knowledge points? Right um, now? I went purely into, like, I went boring. I went, like, perception uh, like the the boring tree, and then the middle one, just because like I was like ah, like perceptions. I think like the effectively equivalent of like a critical strike. If if I yeah, if I remember correctly. It's, it is what you, when you roll perception, you get extra rare materials. Yeah. When you roll finesse, you get extra base materials. Yeah. So I figured perception's the the best one. I kind of like didn't think too hard about unlocking metallurgy. I kind of wish I had gone primal. And, uh, mm -hmm. but I haven't like spent any points on it. So whenever I end up hitting, I'm at like 85 right now, whenever I'm hitting 100, I think I'm going to put a couple points into, into, into the, uh, the primal just to like, you know, upgrade some of the Titan stuff. Right. Oh um, uh, yeah. That might actually make things a little bit different for you. Primal is fun. And I haven't, that was what I went first because I saw it gave you a button. It gives you this thing where you can overload elemental nodes, which is basically you, you fly up to it and you shoot a, a thing at the node and something happens, right? So on a hardened node, you it cracks the 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 shell, and you get the little mini nodes, right? So it kind of turns a it sort of turns a minor node into a rich node in a way because you get to mine these little small fragments that you burst off. On the fire node, it spawns a molten elemental um, that drops a bunch of rousing fire. Um, and, uh, but like it has a 12 hour cooldown. So it's like, what, what happens is you use it, but then every time you mine something afterwards, it, it decreases that cooldown by like an hour or something like that. So like every 12 nodes you mine, you, you re-unlock it again, which I just think, I think all of that is like very interesting and, uh, and fun. And, uh, and yeah, um, I don't know. That makes sense. Professions are sweet. I'm yeah. I'm very interested in them. My thing now is I'm doing metallurgy because I want to go really hard on. Um, uh, I want to go really hard on 
upgrading my shit. I want to go, like, I want to get my, uh, my best mats up. Because using better materials gets you better crafting stuff. And I think that that's going to kind of be a little bit of a, uh, you know, a little bit of a... I don't know. I, I anticipate that to be very useful, I guess is, is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, so so early on there was also, I don't know if this was like an add-on or if it's like just buggy, but like it was very hard to, and by hard I mean like, like there was, so switching materials around, right? Like, cause you kind of like want to just get over the guaranteed, you know, guaranteed, guaranteed, you know, quality and not too much further, right? So, you know, ideally like to fiddle with like the, the quality selectors, but it like wouldn't let me fiddle with it. I'd like put one up to one and just like bounce back, right? Like it was some bug with the interface. Yeah, I didn't, I also had that exact same experience when it bugged me and I was like, this sucks, but. It seems to mostly be know. fixed now. I think like sometimes like craft multiple one bounces back, but that's much less of an issue. Okay. Um, what about, uh, so what about some other stuff? Uh, did you, did you enjoy the story of, you know, the going to going to the dragon isles hanging out with the dragons and the aspects it's fine um you know like i enjoyed the bronze one a lot just because um like it's fun and funny you haven't gotten there yet so i won't spoil anything um uh i thought the uh the obsidian one was super interesting uh so who do you who who do you back you back civilian or do you back i have I am very public about my deep and abiding attraction to Rathion. I think he's hot as fuck. And that is, like, the only good thing Rathion has going for him. I think Sibelian is correct. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm, if I'm like, casting my vote, I think I cast my vote for Sibelian. But, like, I just... But who do you pledge your loyalty to? <laughs> I, I haven't done that yet. I haven't, got, I haven't gotten to that point yet. And I have no idea how I'm going to handle it. I just, uh, the thing I, I, I just like Rathion. Rathion is a very different kind of WoW character. You don't, you just don't see his, his like, like, I feel like Rathion, because he's so smarmy and like arrogant and he's in this world of like Jaina's and Thralls who, and like Anduin, who are just like, kind of like uncomplicated paragons and noble characters. And, I've, and I've, I've talked about this when it comes to WoW. I think this is why people connected to Garrosh so much, right? His kind of, like, villain turn. People say, like, people talk about how good Garrosh was as a villain, right? And I think a lot of that is just because we are sort of starved for interesting dynamics in WoW character personalities, right? Um, and I think that the ensemble of WoW characters overall is very like it's kind of like it's kind of like the justice league where everyone is superman basically right um that's not that's not definitionally true obviously i would make plenty of carve outs for certain things um but it just it, it is sort of how it's sort of how it feels um and so man is it fun is it fun questing with rathion who is just sort of like you know the opposite of that he's so undeserving of everything that he wants and he feels so entitled to it and i just like i'm just very drawn to this character archetype in in warcraft writing because i i there just isn't any more of it and i also just love sibelian i was surprised how much i love sibelian i you know like like listen i am a i am a deep Warcraft lore nerd, I understood exactly who Sibelian was the second he showed up. And I was like, oh, this makes sense. I get it, right? But um, but at the same time, um, 
Uh, he is definitely sort of playing second fiddle just because Rathion is is featured in so much more than, than Sibelian is. You really just kind of get this one quest to, like, get to know sort of, like, them and how they're, and how they're doing stuff. Um, and, uh, and to me, the thing that kills it is that Sibelian actually has dragons on his side. Rathion basically has the support of his, like, his sycophantic agents... Right, like the these black talent agents that he works with, but these are all mortals. They're not they're not dragons, um, and Alex Straza, and it's like okay, well that's great, but she's not she doesn't interact with your like she's not a fucking black dragon, Rathion. You like you little shit. The guy that actually has uncorrupted drakes who back him is probably the guy who ought to lead the dragon the you know like the 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 full the full dragon flight so that's that's kind of my that's kind of my take on Rathion versus Sibelian i so i i absolutely agree with you that Sibelian is obviously the correct choice i had thought that, that was going to be a more controversial pick but like everybody i've talked to which is to admittedly has been just like you me and lou has decided okay. that <laughs> that Sibelian is the correct choice um <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i yeah yeah, yeah. okay that's yeah. Funny. we'll we'll see i i'm i'm obviously open to changing my mind maybe i will be more the one thing i like about rathion the one the one thing that i think give gives me hope for rathion is that rathion cares in a way that sibelian doesn't right sibelian is more deserving of the title right but rathion is the more fundamentally good person who i as a outside observer given some you know, the level of agency over the direction of this dragon flight. I at least have the understanding of going, um, this guy, this guy is, he wants the power to do something good with it rather than he deserves the power. Right. Um, yeah. and in that, and, and so in that way, I think that's the argument for Rathion. That's the steel man for Rathion. That, that, that is fair. Um, the thing that really like convinced me is like Rathion maybe cares more about Azeroth but, like, Civilian, I think, cares more about the black dragonfly. There was, like, a line in, like, one of the quests that's, like, you know, when you're, like, gathering it, you know, gathering, like, you know, weighing the evidence or whatever. Um, and maybe this is a post-story quest line. But, like, somebody says, like, you know, everybody else, including Rathion, abandoned us. Civilian, like, you know, like, decorrupt, made sure we, like, were saved from corruption and kept us together, right? Like... Um, and that, that really, that really got me. Um, honestly, the one thing that I just want to say is where the fuck is my boy, Ibisian, Spirit Walker, Ebonhorn? This is an affront to me personally as a Torin player and a Torin enjoyer that the Torin dragon, who is an uncorrupted black dragon who we have known for years and personally quested with a whole bunch and featured a whole bunch, you know, he was like the pre-patch guy. It is kind of bullshit that he essentially just disappeared. Does she show up again? Can you? Do, do, there, like, the, I have not seen, I have not seen Ebonhorn. There is another Torin dragon though. Okay, okay. Well, at least that's good. I I like Ebonhorn, and I think Ebonhorn is sweet. And I think if I were to put put my money anywhere, it would actually be on Ebonhorn, specifically because I think Ebonhorn is the person who embodies the 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 goal of the black dragon flight the most because he is the one who remained in high mountain protecting the deep places of the earth and the hammer of kazgaroth which was the original this is like super deep lore cut stuff but i just want to state it for the record he was he was the black dragon fulfilling the sort of oath of the black dragons in you know like in, in on azeroth right 
Rathion wants to save Azeroth, which is a good thing, and he wants to use the Black Dragonflight's power in order to make Azeroth safe. That's that's good. I'm happy about that. Sibelian wants to help the Black Dragonflight and went through the hard work of like uncorrupting them on Outland. That's also good, and I can also get that. But if we're talking about who is going to be the aspect of the Black Dragonflight, the Black Dragonflight that has been tasked with the purpose of protecting the deep places of the Earth, right? It is Abyssian who has fulfilled that, and that's my pitch for Ron Paul 2012. I mean, uh, Abyssian has aspects for the Black Dragonflight, even though he's not even running. Yeah, I mean, you know, who? maybe, like... My my read on just kind of like a from like a narrative arc level is that it can't be like neither of them can win right like it has yeah. to be somebody else so maybe maybe it's Abyssian right I do think that they will canonize it eventually uh, there will be a canon option um, right right but but like I but I think just the the way that 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 tends to work out is it's probably going to be somebody that isn't either of them right they will canonize like. Oh, a third option. Whoa, that would be sweet. I would be so happy if that happened. Like, you have no like idea. somebody will come up, you know, like so, some third option will come up, and then Sibelian and Rathian look at each other and be like, "He really should be in charge, right?" Like, you know, like that—that th- that, that is the way, like that the, the the tropes would go, and so that's the way I think it's going to go. Um, yeah, I do like that Sibelian isn't like a total goody two shoes though. Like the the stunt he pulls with like the fake card of eggs and then he's like and Alex Straza I will pledge to you right now and she's like nope not getting involved in this but I thought that was like that was like grade A shitbag shitbaggery right there I, I I really appreciated that um yeah yeah I, Alex Straza is unfortunately a little bit of a dud for me um I also think that she's incredibly hot which is nice but like ultimately I I, I think I'm just at my tipping point with these kind of like unabashedly good characters. Or actually, maybe it's less about my tipping point. I think really what it is is I maybe am spoiled a little bit from Shadowlands and BFA, which had different approaches to this level of storytelling, right? Where you have these much more deeply flawed characters, right? Um, You know, like obviously Sylvanas kind of being the poster child in both of those expansions for kind of like deeply flawed character. But even things like Rastakhan, Right, who is like kind of blind to the to the the corruption in his own council and the wisdom of his daughter, right? Um, or Jaina's mom, right, who you know is so attached to her kind of, um, you know, her her sort of her hatred and and contempt that she imprisons her own daughter, right? Um, or uh, even just like minor characters, right? Like, the the vibe of Maldraxxus and all of these major Maldraxxus characters, even as they do work towards these noble ends, is just, like, very different than the kinds of vibes that we get out of these these, these characters. Um, Renathal and all of his, and all of his guys, you know what I mean? I just, like, I think, I think a lot of that storytelling was outside of the kind of main cast of, um, of Warcraft, uh, was really was really nice and and interesting and kind of complicated, and it I haven't had a similar sort of feeling with the uh, the side characters that have kind of been introduced so that they, or that I've interacted with so far. They all kind of just seem I'm an uncomplicated good leader who is trying to do the right thing, and there is this group of people stopping me, and I want and I need your help stopping that, and that's fine, I guess. In a sort of basic how, way. How far into the just, Azure span are you? A little bit. I oh, I'm doing Tuscar stuff. Okay. So okay. I don't know. Okay. Uh, uh, no, I I I will have yeah. a question for you when. Okay. 
Um, it's a very, it's a very meme thing, but I think you'll I enjoy. fucking hate Caligos, and Caligos continues to suck. People tell me Caligos gets better. I disagree. So far, Caligos fucking sucks, and I hate him, but uh, <laughs> I have always hated Caligos, <laughs> uh, and I like bullying him. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I'm, I'm interested to see, I, I assume you'll be like through the story by next week, so I'm interested to see your reaction sure. to the developments with him. Um, okay. Because it might strike a particular note with you. Um, All right. Yeah. yeah, I'm interested in Calicos and I'm interested in Nosdormu. Um, because yeah. those are obviously the two that I ha that I haven't done yet, and there's there's cool stuff that can happen with them, right? Um, which is which is which is neat, which is interesting. Also, um, uh, the centaurs are kind of fine. The centaurs are. I like the world building of the centaurs more than I like the plot of the centaurs. Right? They are also kind of uncomplicated good guys, but like. I, I just like the construction of this, like, set of clans and the politics that go into it. And, you know, they have this certain religion with the with this wild god Onara and all this other sort of stuff. All of that stuff is pretty sweet, and I and I enjoyed that uh, immensely, I guess I would say. Yeah. No, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I find – I think the centaurs are neat, but I also just don't find it hard to care about them. It's like, this is a dragon expansion. Why do I care about the centaurs, right? Like, um, and they're kind of very basic. I like the Tuscar, right? Like, I think I think they're goofy, and I like goofy the do the goofy Tuscar. I like new fishing, right? They're everything I want in uh, yep. in, in like a secondary race. But I also feel like <laughs> they're like, well, I guess we can't really do all dragons. We have to put some other stuff in here. Um, How do you feel about Razageth and the Primalists as uh, as villains? Uh, uh, Arahe in the chat says Tuscar playable when. And uh, the only thing I want, the only thing I want more than a Tuscar playable is a Hosen playable, which I have been wanting since. <laughs> since <Pandaria. laughs> um, but uh, Razageth, my initial impression was, my initial impression was like, um, you know, is she like, can can she like open her mouth without like chewing her own face up? Like, I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm like not a huge fan of her design. Um, but like I also just don't like the like the the threat vector just doesn't feel like it's there, right? Like she like fucks around and like she shows up occasionally, but it doesn't feel like it's like a huge deal. I am I am interested if they're ever going to go, but she has a point because it like feels like you know like the primalists like the primalists kind of like talking points are very, are like you know ah uh, like you know these people have been gone for so long and now they want to like you know take over us like no right like obviously there's like kind of like a they've gone too far bent to it but like it's not like they're not being painted as like totally unreasonable i don't think right you know like you know we we managed ourselves for ten thousand years why do the dragons think they can just come back in and rule over us right like i, I think that's an interesting interesting idea i hope they do something interesting with it i don't have a lot of faith though because they they tend to like lean into like very tropey stuff but that's my i i think i i think they are just giving uh, a primalist a reason to exist but they will end up sort of being sort of like in the magneto camp of like yeah you maybe have a little bit of a point but mostly yeah you're you, like you're kicking puppies and that means you're evil, right? Yeah, yeah that's it fair. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much of a point you have when you're when your whole thing is kicking puppies, um, which I do think is is true and sort of and sort of fair. Uh, my thing about Razageth, I do kind of like Razageth. I like Razageth's design mostly just because it's so weird. You know what I mean? It's just so atypical for like I could put 
all of these wow villains kind of like next to each other and like they all kind of um like i get it right but giant elemental storm proto drake is just like real different and pretty sweet uh in 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 terms of these things uh which which i which i guess i like on that end though i do i am officially over we t you know eons ago we imprisoned some bad guy and now he's breaking out of his prison. This is the third expansion in a row we're doing this shit. Knock it off. You know what I mean? It's like, we did it with Nazoth. I would argue it was great with Nazoth. I loved it when it was with Nazoth, right? Um, you know, as Shara tricking us to going down to the, to become with the heart of Azeroth, which is kind of inadvertently the key to the lock that, you know, was, was locking Nazoth in his prison. I thought that was sweet. Um, obviously, you know, the jailer kind of like breaking out of, of the Maw and everything with Denathrius, that was kind of whatever and, and fine. Um, and it was mostly focused on like these, you know, like the sigils and whatever his plan would end up being. But like at the end of the day, the jailer was someone who was imprisoned for eons until he was eventually sort of like tricked in the, the, you know, the player was tricked into helping release him or whatever. At least Razageth was just released by a bad guy who showed up one day and decided to, right? Which is who, who released Razageth? Kurag Grimtotem. Did you do the Evoker stuff? No. You see, you see Razageth get released when in the Evoker starting zone, basically. Oh, okay. Uh, basically, Kurag Grimtotem shows up, blasts Razageth's door. This is the thing that wakes the Drakir, the Drakthir up out of uh, out of stasis. Um, and then he's like, "I'm with I." I think he is technically the leader of the Primalists. He's like, "I lead the Primalists. I'm a good boy." So does um. Does Razigeth is does Razigeth have like a human or like a mortal form, um, or do you can not, n yeah, not not that we have seen. Okay, I don't know if they can. I also don't think it's it, so. Is that like a thing deeper... that's like granted by the Titans in the? Yeah, I think of so. Order? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like I, I there is the deeper lore to this that I think I could make some assertions about, for instance. Um, but I don't know, but that is, that's like trade, trading on, treading on tinfoil hat territory. Uh, um, well, let's, let's, let's get a, let's get a prediction or a, or a, okay. So my, my prediction, number one, dragons are the primordial essence of life. So, okay. So in the wild cosmology, you have six forces, right? You have order chaos, you have, um, life, death, you have, um, light and void. Right. These are the, the six fundamental like things around around the, the thing uh, or rather whatever. Um, one thing we have not seen much of is what pri kind of like the the, es the power of life magic is in terms of this stuff. Right. We have the Emerald Dream, but the Emerald. The thing about the Emerald Dream that's complicated is the Emerald Dream is one tied specifically to Azeroth and two it was set to order by the Titan Aeonar right so we haven't really seen in the same way with the Shadowlands the Shadowlands were not touched by the Titans right the um we haven't seen sort of what life the 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 you know like the power of life itself can kind of do on its own terms unrestrained all of the life stuff that we have ever seen has been touched by the titans whether that's the emerald dream or whether that is the five core dragon flights that we have existed right with but i think the hit there, there are two hints for this hint number one are uh these things called the botan the, the botani 
are sort of a descendant of this, but they're called the Spore Mounds in, in Draenor. The Spore Mounds were these gigantic, titanic, sort of like plant creatures that were just like ravenous, unrestrained, carnivorous plant life that threatened to take over all of Azeroth. So, or I'm sorry, all of Draenor. And they were fought by um, the Gron, uh, by the Colossals, they were called at the time, by the, and the Gron would be descendants from these, who are basically these gigantic rock elementals that are just like living mountains, right? This is all stuff from Warlords of Draenor, if you remember that, you know, that expansion with like the Everbloom, um, the Gron, the Ogron, uh, stuff like that, right? The, um... So that's, that's thing number one. We have seen what kind of unrestrained life on another planet looked like, and it looked like spore mounds, and they were incredibly powerful and dangerous and threatened to take over the entire planet, basically, right? Okay, thing number two we've seen about unrestrained life is Galakrond, the biggest and most powerful dragon ever, right? Who the Titans empowered these five proto-drakes to become the Aspects, to take down, right? And Galakrond was huge, he was massive, he was incredibly unendingly powerful, and he was feasting on other dragons in order to kind of, like, absorb their shit uh, and just get, like, bigger and bigger and more and more powerful, basically. Um, and Galakrond's kind of ravenous hunger and how powerful he was, like, getting, I think, is sort of an expression of... This is the apex predator. This is sort of what the sperm out on Azeroth sort of like looks like. And what I'm expecting for the expansion is that the expansion is going to sort of canonize a thing, which is that the dragons or the titans influence the dragons in order to tamp down on the forces of this like unrestrained primal life energy, right? Um, and that the proto drakes and like Razageth, for instance, are these unfiltered expressions of life magic and they are these they are going to be these incredibly powerful incredibly hungry apex predators who are just going to be like you know kicking the shit out of kicking the shit out of every, everybody my thing is that i think uh my big prediction is that i think bagatha groom totem is coming back i think that she is going to be revealed as like the secret leader behind the primalists and will be a raid boss in the same way that sort of like Astrara was as kind of this like an important lore character who sort of sets up like a final boss i think galakron will probably be the final boss i think we are going to see the rest of the incarnates because they've set this up you know, where you have Razageth, who is the storm incarnate, but there's going to be a fire one, there's going to be a water one, there's going to be a, an earth one, they're all going to have different names and different shit, and we're going to fight them over the course of the expansion. Um, and in general, I think that the, you know, the reveal of the expansion is going to kind of be that... Um, it is, it, the primalists do have a point, and it is a little bit fucked up how the Titans sort of suppressed the efforts of another force on Azeroth from kind of like reaching their potential, but we're all going to kind of realize that having like a gigantic carnivorous dragons that are flying around and, and eating everybody is bad actually. And probably not something that we should support kind of going forward. So there we go. That's my, that's my thesis. Interesting. Interesting. I, I have a, a couple of questions. Um, sure. Are the kind of classical elements, are they orthogonal to like the, the six, Primary Azerothian elements? Uh, they are not, but they do exist, and there are two more. There are uh, Spirit, so, and this is Chi, um, basically, is is another element, and Decay is another element. So there are there are six elements, and that includes Fire, Water, Earth, um, Wind. 
Right. Okay. And, and they like when I say orthogonal, they're just kind of unrelated to the, to the, like. Oh, like, I'm sorry. Yes, you are. You are right. Yes, that is, that is what they are. And yeah. where does arcane magic fit into all this? Arcane magic is order magic. Oh, is it? Arcane magic is order magic. Uh, fell magic is chaos, chaos magic. magic. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. And then like druidism is like is life magic. Obviously, uh, shamans pick from five. They they don't do decay, but they do obviously earth, water, wind, fire, and then spirit for you know like stuff like ancestral, you know like recall and stuff like that. That's like manipulating spirits. Monks are spirit because spirit is also chi. Um, I don't know what else. Obviously, light and void are priests. Paladins are solely light. Um, is, Maybe that's it. What is uh, is there like, like death magic? I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So death magic is like death knights, obviously. Okay. Um, but like uh, also all the stuff that we saw in Shadowlands was 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 death okay. magic, right? Even stuff like you know, um, Ardenweald stuff would also be considered among among kind of death magic. Like one of the things that's a that's a that's a canon thing is that like multiple magics can all do the same thing, right? So for instance, um, the light can resurrect you. Just like death magic can resurrect you, just like, you know, life magic can and resurrect spirit you. All of these have as well, been... right? Because like monks yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so there's like overlap. And so, and another thing, for instance, you can create fire by tapping into elemental fire, right? Pri like primordial elemental fire. You can use arcane magic to conjure a fireball, right? You can use fell magic to conjure a fireball. Um, and those are all sort of equivalent ways to, you know, like... But like their 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 bedrock source is from different stuff, that makes right? Sense. Which is how a destruction warlock and a fire mage are sort of using opposite magics in the in the exact same way. That makes that makes uh, sense. Um, and the old ones are they are they like chaos? Are they death? Or what? What are they? The old gods? Yeah. Uh, the old gods are void. Okay. They are they void. are sort of these primordial. The the void. Um, okay, so you have titans, right? And then the Titans make the Keepers on Azeroth. So the Keepers are like Odin, right. um, Thorim, you know, Loken, all, all of these guys. Tyr, obviously, is the Keeper that interacted with them. Um, there are, in for the Void, there are the Void Lords at the top. And the Void Lords basically spit out these fleshy monstrosities. And they hurtle through space until they smack into a planet and embed it. And they try and corrupt that planet. Those are old gods. And they are kind of equivalent to keepers, right? Which is to say that they are these, like, you know, expressions of, um, like, these powerful expressions of the overall bigger thing. Um, in in the Death Pantheon, it would be the internal ones are like the Titans. So, like, the Jailer is like a Titan, Right, um, and then his servant, his his very powerful servants, um, would be considered like the Terra group. Maybe would be a good example of this. Would be considered like a keeper, right? Um, or like how the, um, you know, the the Primus is the Eternal One in Maldraxxus, but the the different Margraves are each really powerful expressions of his his ability. Those would be like the keepers, basically. Okay, that makes sense. Interesting stuff. That's all. Interesting stuff, like in Futurama. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that makes, I don't know, that's that's uh, an interesting theory. Uh, that's an interesting lesson in WoW cosmology. Yeah, theory, yeah. Um, yeah. Wowie, zowie. Uh, what, how, does, how do the bronze drakes have power over time? Time, time is interesting. 
Uh, it is unclear, is the answer. My expectation and bet is that there is a seventh cosmological force that is kept at bay from all of the others, which is time, and that in the same way that the Titans have a drive to order the cosmos and do things like tamp down on life magic and fight and imprison the old, the, the old gods and, um, and other stuff like that. Um, and obviously fight against Sargeras in the burning Legion. Um, they, ha they all have tapped into time magic via the bronze dragon flight, but it is, it is still sort of like walled off from things. That's my, that is the most tinfoil hat thing I have said, but Least we supported. do know that there is a seventh cosmological force because it has been alluded to basically the, um, the guy Firim, do you remember, uh, uh, al in who's like the, 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 uh, poke poke guy in Zareth Mortis. Yeah. He wrote a bunch of journals that are in Tazavesh, like a bunch of right. in-game yeah, books yeah, you can yeah. go read. And in those books, he talks about how the when he looks at the cosmos, um, it is as if there is a hole for a seventh power. Like It's kind of like how you could see six stars, but also see planets orbiting a black hole and infer a black hole's presence, right? That's the way he kind of talks about it. He doesn't use those terms, obviously, yeah, right, but... Right. Um, it's it's this is like the deepest of deep lore, obviously, um, kind of meant to be like riddles or whatever. It is also it is also possible this is just kind of like raw cosmic bullshit, basically, because uh, cosmic stuff is sort of the first ones who create absolutely everything that are above even the Titans and the Eternal Ones and everything else. Um, uh, so yeah. So anyway. so the the dragon flights did like yeah, like is like Alex Draws is supposed to be life magic and. Uh, like, like, what? Do, what do their roles come from? It's like the Titans were like, "You are in charge of this now," type of deal. Like, like, how did they get their yes. assignments? Um, I don't actually remember. I Tyr is the keeper who like wanted to use the dragons, basically. Right. Um, Odin. So when Odin, Odin's whole thing is he likes the 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 um, uh, what are they called? The Vrykul. He 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 likes the Vrykul. He thinks that, and he made Varykul as these storm-forged golden warriors that maybe you would have seen in, like, Legion stuff in, like, the Halls of Valor, right? Right. Um, he thinks that the Varykul are the most powerful sort of, like, group and, and, and military on Azeroth, and he, the, they are the thing that he wants to use. Um, but when Galakrond was, was, you know, coming about, the Varykul weren't really up to deal with that. Like, the Stormforged were not really up to deal with that task. So Tyr was like, well, let me you, let me influence these dragons to beat back their own kind. And he tapped the five proto-drakes that would become Alex Draza, Nosdormu, uh, Neltharion, Maligos, and Ysera. And those... He, he would take those dragons... And elevate them to the, the the sort of dragon fights, but I don't actually know if he was the one who dictated their function because they did each you know eventually get a function right, which is you know Maligos is watching over the ley lines um, and keeping control over Azeroth's kind of wild magic, uh, Neltharion you know keeping track of the deep places in in the earth, um, Astara shepherding life in a like in a material sense, and Ysera in kind of the spiritual sense when it comes to protecting the Emerald Dream. 
Um, obviously, uh, Nosdormu and the Bronze Strikes kind of protecting the timeline and and time magic and stuff like that. I don't really know where that came from. My my gut is to say Tira, but that would just be an inference. Yeah, because it has to be something like this is something I was thinking about when going through the Bronze stuff. It's like because you like do a little stint as like an apprentice, right? But it's like it's not like a bronze dragon could like be like, I would like to study at the Academy and become a blue dragon. Right. Like they're kind of like a forced into their role as like a, as a timekeeper, which means it's gotta be something kind of like at least somewhat genealogically inherent to them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things is that the, the nourishing waters, the special waters that you see what, like when you take those black dragon eggs and you put them in the waters, the thing about those is they are, particularly nourishing of order magic and it is the place where the and there's a dungeon for this the halls of infusion it is the place where the titans are infusing the dra the 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 dragonfly dragons with the order magic that turns them into them right rather than just proto drakes right so so if um so if if a if a um if a if an egg hatches without any sort of care it'll just turn into a proto drake i because Don't because no because early in you, you would have gone through this early in in the in the red area they are like corrupting the eggs into like primalist eggs right because you have to go oh murder, yeah 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 you have to go murder a bunch of them um, which makes yeah so my expectation well it, it's it's complicated because it's it's like obviously whelps you know like Anixia was famously laying a million eggs right but it's not like she was she was doing that in dustwallow marsh she wasn't doing that in yeah in in the dragon isles obviously so obviously i think there's a certain amount of that that, that like passes down but at the end of the day what we do know is that there the the waters of uh of the halls of infusion and of Tearhold are particularly infused with order magic um and it has been likened to the way that fluoride is in drinking water right um and part of the and part of the things that dragons are doing is they are sort of nourishing themselves on it and maybe there's something untoward about that right um no dragon has ever in to my estimation that's just some weird stuff about fluoride well, I'm sure. sure. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I would like say like, it sounds like yeah. it sounds like you know the classic conspiracy theory that the fluorides in the water to like mind control. Uh, well, yeah, 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 exactly. And there is kind of a, you kind of get that vibe a little bit, and that is sort of what the primalists are like raging against, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, is the is like the influence that the titans have over the dragons, um, but you know, all right, who knows? Last important question of the okay. lore question of the cast. Why is it okay to ride proto drakes? Is this like Pluto versus Goofy? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're animals, right? So they're they're just animals, um, and I think that that means that um, the I, I, I guess you know. like the non Mimi version of this question is like, are they are they like a separate species from dragons? Like like the Pluto Goofy thing is uncomfortable because it's like they're both dogs. Is like Pluto just like you know, like a mentally challenged version of Goofy that they keep in like a you know, they keep outside because the Disney world is all, is all fucked up. Um, which is obviously like a meme version of things, right? The answer to that is like, you know, cartoon logic. Don't think too hard about it, but like how do proto drakes fit into like the, uh, or not the, the riding dragons, right? Like, are they dragons? What, what are like drakes, like not dragons? Do drakes eventually become dragons? Oh, like, no, no. Like, well, in so, a thousand so years, are Drake's going to, like, be like, hey, it was kind of fucked up how you rode me around for that expansion? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I would say that the Drakes are 
nice about you. Know, like the, the the Drakes are happy to help a friend, right? This is but this is you true, know, right? Like those Drakes are sentient; they can talk to you. Yeah, for sure. Wait, wait. So the ones we're riding can talk to us. Yeah, the, uh, the specifically of the Highland, I think is is what it's called, right? Which is like the regular dragon Drake, right? Who looks like Rathion, for instance. Uh, right? the the Azure Span one. I guess so. Yeah, the blue one. Um, yeah, that 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 Drake is theoretically just like any other Drake. Proto Drakes are animals, right? But they are animals that can get advanced enough that they can talk, right? But fundamentally, they're animals, basically, right? Um, and the other two, I don't know well enough. There's the Velasa, like the Velasa Wing, the Velasa Drake, or something like that that uses a different model. I've never seen that anywhere else before, so there's nothing about it, right? But the but the the Highland Drakes can talk, right? They they have the Yeah, they can talk. And so you know, So if you choose that as your dragon riding mount, you can RP as as having a conversation with him. Oof. And he could have a visage form mango. And that visage form could be a hosen. Mm. Mm. <laughs> just just saying Mm. Just saying. <laughs> Honestly, can I can I bitch about vicious form for just like two fucking seconds? This Go has bothered it. me for weeks. No one is going to care except for me. Okay. In Azeroth, in Warcraft lore, the Stormforged were created, right? And they were they were afflicted with the curse of flesh by the void, so they they lost their metal forms and they became fleshy, right? And their fleshy forms had these withered, gross, tiny offspring, which would eventually become humans. And and um, and the Vrykul, instead of murdering their babies as their culture demanded, they would instead sail south to what would eventually become the Eastern Kingdoms and raise sort of a family with this with this group of humans. This is all stuff that happened less than three thousand years ago, right? Blood elves broke away from the night elves after the sun trolls, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. So night elves are dark trolls that nourish themselves on order magic from the well of eternity. Right. Which is sort of basically raw azurite. Actually, sort of is what we know it is now. Um, and would eventually become night elves. And those night elves would eventually attract the burning legion and trigger the sundering, which destroyed the great, you know, the great continent of Kalimdor, and instead split off Northern Pandaria, the Eastern Kingdoms, and what we now know as Kalimdor, plus all the stuff like the Broken Isles, you know, Zandalar and Kultiris strike, you know, um, uh, uh, and, the, and the Dragon Isles into kind of their own individual sort of like land masses, right? And a after that happened, a group of Night Elves who continued to practice arcane magic, even though it had just attracted the Burning Legion, it would be outlawed in Elven society for 10,000 years, they sail across the ocean and settle in Quel'Thalas and would eventually become High Elves. Predating all of this, we see Nosdormu, Alexstrasza, and Neltharion on, and also Maligos and Ysera, on the Dragon Isles, adopting human and high elf forms that would predate humans and high elf societies that would come later. And I understand that they're just doing it because it's it's easy to relate to a human. We under, it's easy to relate. We we have seen Nosdormu in the current time in his high elf form, so it would make sense that back then he was a high elf, but. By the lore, 
he probably should have been a they all should have been night elves if they were going to be that or they should have been Torin or trolls or any of these other like primordial like primordial races on azeroth because these ones that they would eventually become are like way way later down the line don't exist yet they're not they're not around you can't actually turn into a human neltharian you dick there are no humans and there aren't going to be humans for another 10,000 years probably anyway that's no one cares about this but me but i do care about so, it so i mean no storm has an excuse that he can may, maybe he's like and Rathion, you, know what, actually, you could look enough, like a yeah. guy because they're going to exist in ten thousand years. Think about what a guy you think yeah. a guy looks like and look like that. The one that really bothers me is Naltharian because you see Naltharian in like the cinematic where he's where he's like containing the Drakthir. You th you see Naltharian containing the Drakthir and he's in his human form and it's like you would not be there. There are no humans, buddy. What are you looking like? Who are what what who are you impersonating here? There, like it doesn't make any sense. I hate it. Anyway, it's fine. Um, I'm past it. <laughs> I, I I wonder if if that ever gets an explanation. Yeah. Like like th this is where you need to go to BlizzCon and you need to like wear a red shirt and be like, hey, hey, <laughs> why is Rathiana human? <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, you're fucking me up so hard with that. That's a great idea. I should do that. I should absolutely do that. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So, yep. Okay. We're like way over on time. Yeah, Is there yeah. anything else you want to talk about? All right. I, you know, otherwise, you know, I've been playing games I've been playing otherwise, right? But like mostly I've been playing this game, so I felt like I didn't really need to talk about my week otherwise. Yep. Do you have anything you want to talk about True. with your week? No, not really. I, I, you know, yeah. You said you were uh, out on I a was, personal trip, you know. I was out doing, doing, doing family stuff, so, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, with that, I'm going to say uh, uh, if you'd like to talk about any of the things that we talk if you want to talk about this about Dragonflight, email us at at gmail.com, or at .com. Um, uh, Otherwise, rate and review us on iTunes, watch us live on Twitch where these go out live. Um, that's everything I have. But do you have anything you're looking to promote? I have nothing else that I'm looking to promote. Well, in that case, I'm going to say until next time, your listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.